This is episode 24. If you count my trailer, I started this just about half a year ago, and I was really hoping for results by this point, but I've gotten in my own way. So we're going to cue the music, and I'm going to confess. The initial concept of this podcast was to, in part, hold me accountable. And that's what today is about. So joining me today is somebody who's probably have to hear me drone on about this very topic more than anybody else. And he's agreed to do it yet another time. John, thank you for uh, being willing to partake of this. Yeah, for everybody out there in the audience, we've been talking about this for about 35 years now and counting. Yeah. Strap yourselves in. Here we go. (laughs) I mean, this is my issue. There are many positives that I have and things that I can deal with easily. But when it comes to specifically diet, this is hard for me. I mean, that's why I needed to start a podcast about it in the first place. So, John, um, I really think when I started this, my intentions were I'm going to use this in the pressure of this was going to keep me on track. And so far, that hasn't panned out the way I'd hoped. I don't know what to say to that. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't for lack of intention, but, you know, intentions are very easy things to have versus action. I have reasons why I've not been able to get myself back on track, but I don't want to present them, or at the very least, I don't want to present them as excuses. Because ultimately, the reasons for my failures were they were failures. And whether it was depression or was the pressures of weird stuff happening in my home life, it doesn't really matter. What matters is instead of making the right decision, I made the wrong decision yet again. (laughs) It's kind of hard to respond to that. Why, you a little too honest? I'm not hiding. So, Bruce, given the fact that you've said the reasons are all excuses, what do you think it is in the murky depths of your psychology? Well, we all have coping mechanisms, and I've mostly avoided almost all of them. Don't drink. Never did drugs. I Oh, your solution is obvious. Start doing drugs. Yeah, the ants. There we go. That'll solve all your problems. After all of this, we've come to the bottom of it. I need to do drugs. Probably a mixture of uppers and downers just to kind of uh, start off the day with downers and then uppers at night. That way I don't sleep at all. So your body has no idea what the hell you're doing to it. We're going up. We're going down. Exactly. Body confusion. Except now not for muscle growth, just for emotional exhaustion. That's right. Put whiskey in your coffee. That'll straighten you right out. I think food is my alcoholism, period. I think when I reach for comfort, I can weather lots of different storms, but to do it, it's food. So at this point, I have very few uh, computer clients left, but when I go do a computer job, it almost immediately triggers me to want to eat like crazy. And that's terrible. Sometimes I can resist it. Sometimes I have not. I always have the choice. It's just a lot of times I make the wrong one And I think part of that has had been a history 
I thought I had broken that pre-pandemic before all of the stuff that led to my weight gain happened. But I think whatever that mechanism was, and it was there, I could utilize it. I was doing well for a couple years. I think over the past two years, I've, I've broken that mechanism and I've never spent the actual time to rebuild it. Well, over the past two years, it seems like we have stress on stress on stress, you know. It's like first the pandemic and now, you know, blast from the past. Global thermonuclear war has returned. Yeah, though, um, to be honest with you, I've been working on my ducking covers. I'm pretty I'm pretty damn tight on those. That's good. That desk will protect you. Yeah, though, uh, it was the various I think for me it, when the pandemic happened and everything shut down, we all retreated into our homes which for me was an incredibly, incredibly unsafe environment, a very dangerous environment. Uh, it, was, it was also very unsafe and dangerous for my girlfriend as well, not because of each other, but because of unwanted third party that was, there was no escape for me, and I was trapped in that circumstance. And that was a long time, and that was almost immediately followed up after that situation was dealt with with those horrible allergies that lasted a year where I was literally broken out every day and my skin was crawling. And that's when I broke. I weathered the first half of that without, I'm not going to say my weight didn't go up. It went up by about 10 pounds, but that's normal. That happens. Yeah. Once the allergies hit and that went on for a year, that really broke me. And by the time that was over, I had gained my weight back. And that still resurfaces and that's still a little bit of a problem, but I don't think it's that. I, I just think so far, there's never been a moment where everything has settled down and I can just breathe. I think you hit on something big when you said food is your alcoholism. I think that's very true. I mean, it feels right. But on top of that, there's another thing about your approach that I have to say has begun to bug me. And there's been like a nerve ending vibrating in the back of my brain, like harder and harder uh, about the thing about it that's bugging me is you're attracted to things that are really extreme. I've noticed. I see you're familiar with my dating history. <laughs> Indeed, I am, as a matter of fact, but that's another episode. But you're attracted to things that are very extreme and the things that you're doing are um, to normal humans impossible. Like, for example, the fact that you can be on keto and then in the middle of keto do a seven-day fast and then in the middle of the seven-day fast do three-hour workouts. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's not even possible. Like, the fact that you can do it at all is unbelievable. But for some reason, doing something non-heroic like just having three squares a day isn't really attractive to you. Like, these super heroics are attractive and they're very difficult. So what you call a failure is in a sense a smashing success because I've never met anybody else who can do that at all. Well, first off, thank you. I think you just professed to be that I'm your hero and, and I'm touched by that. But no, um, maybe more of an anti-hero, something like the Punisher, but the self-Punisher. The self-Punisher. <laughs> Bruce Maxson, self-Punisher. The thing is, I've never, ever, ever been able to just be moderate in most things. It's, it's one of my character flaws, ultimately. You almost remind me of my cousin, 
um, if you remember him, but he went from being an obese smoker to running a marathon. And it's like his dream was to run the Boston Marathon, but you can't just register for the Boston Marathon. You have to run another marathon first and finish it in under a certain amount of time to qualify for Boston, and then you can register. So he was running the Philly Marathon trying to qualify for Boston, and his time was like just on the hairy edge of being able to qualify, so he had bad weather that day, so he was a little slower than normal and he didn't qualify. And he says, oh, I'm really disappointed. I failed. I didn't qualify for Boston. You know, I screwed it up. It's like, dude, in a year you went from being an obese smoker to finishing a marathon. When we talk about the extremes, for me, I got extreme, certainly before um, the pandemic hit, when I was like in my stride, my stride was insane and it was working for me and natural for me, but I've never restarted that path successfully. I've done extreme things even during this podcast because I'm able to, but I think, I think clearly that was not the right way of going about it. Well, something that extreme is inherently not going to be sustainable. I don't know. I was able to sustain it for years up until getting up until the allergy thing hit me hard. It's funny to think about it being almost four or five years ago because two years taken out for the pandemic now. But once I found, okay, keto is what works for me. I feel good on keto hey, I'll throw in some intermittent fasting. Like it didn't start at something extreme, though it can be, you can argue keto is extreme for some people. I personally feel better on it than I feel on anything else. And I think that's a factor here that needs to be considered. I, I, I don't think keto necessarily works for everybody, but I do feel it works for me. If we're being really honest about it, yeah, it's a highly restrictive diet. It's cutting out an entire world of food, and some of which I'm very, very fond of. Part of the problem is at some point I will miss white rice. At some point I will miss French bread. Now, when I really had gotten into my stride, I was able to take a cheat meal here and there, and it was fine because I could then, you know, plan out, we're going to go to Gayukaka, we're going to have this dinner and there's going to be rice and there's going to be all of this stuff. And it's this one meal. And tomorrow morning, I am back on my keto and my body is flexible enough that it was not a bump in the road. Um, I just went through it and it was fine. But I did that after being on keto strict for almost a year. Yeah. I've tried other diets and I've even talked. There's, I was put on a celebrity diet that really works well on slimming people down and it nearly killed me. I couldn't function. And it wasn't that I was so restricted on calories that it was insane. It's just, it so didn't work for me. So it's like, I don't know how to square the circle of, you know, I, I know for a fact that what I shouldn't be doing right now is, you know, keto with seven day fast with tons of working out. I think what I need to be doing right now is simply reestablishing the building blocks of what got me to the dance to begin with several years ago. And that starts simply by being on a solid keto base. And then once that's established, just kind of working back in what I would call the intermittent fasting window. But I didn't do it 
to be for the popularity of intermittent fasting, it was just suggested to stop eating by five, six o'clock at night. Yeah. I mean, even I do that. A lot of people don't, but I did that. And then I simply began not even really intentionally. I tend not to eat in the morning, especially if I'm going to the gym, because regardless to diet and regardless to anything else, the one thing I can't do is eat and work out. I can't eat within three to four hours of working out. My stomach doesn't like it. So by nature, if the idea is to go to the gym in the morning, I'm not eating. So by the time I get done and get out and get home and cook, you know, now it's 11 o'clock in the morning. So this intermittent fasting window I talk about is not an intention nearly as much as just sort of happened. Nearly as much as you're not wanting to vomit all over the weight bench. Yeah. So today is my third day back on keto, which is, this is not the day that you're putting in your ability to have maximal effort. This is not the day that you're getting your personal best at anything you do. And I also didn't quite take in the mineral profile I needed to take in. So I was at the gym for 90 minutes, mostly working on boxing and um, some practicing with uh, Dexter's knife training with the fake knife that I've stolen. After about 90 minutes, I began feeling cramps and was sort of like, okay, that's my body saying we let you go. And now's the time that you need to stop and be sane. So packed up and left. And I didn't do the lifting that I originally intended to do because for the next couple weeks, it doesn't really matter what I do. It just matters that I do something. Yeah. I mean, 90 minutes is a really long session. I'd really rather see you instead of putting out 110%, I'd rather see you put out like 70% and do it consistently and leave the other 30 in the bank. Today wasn't 110%. Today, if I were to put a number on it, 70% would be generous. Today was 60%. Today, I think another thing when we talk about extremes is how I approach almost everything in my life, regardless to what it is, which is. I'm a wrecking ball. I barrel forward. Yeah, but a wrecking ball by definition is a thing that barrels right back. I mean, that's the problem with extremes. It is, but it's also the thing that has enabled me to be successful at things. I don't consider today a wrecking ball moment. I don't consider, you know, my intention right now to get back on track is just to show up do what I can when I can't do anymore to not push and just come back tomorrow. I don't mean that I plan on doing seven days a week working out. What I mean is just trying to reestablish the base behaviors, the ones that I spent months building back in 2017, 2018. Yeah, I don't know. To tell you the truth, I got nothing. I mean, the alcoholism part of it is is into the realm of psychology now, which is way out of my bailiwick. And I've made the attempts to try to dig it out of my head. I, you know, I, I did go into therapy to talk about the weight and related issues. But ultimately, I've also come to the conclusion that in the back of my head is the 11-year-old that weighed 270 pounds. I'm always going to be that person. Now I'm back close to actually literally being that person again, if not there. So what matters is 
stopping assessing and trying to make the steps to get back down. Now, advantages before I was more financially able to have a personal trainer. I don't have one anymore, but that provided a bit of structure that I now have to provide for myself, which I have to admit is difficult with two podcasts that I need to produce and various other things that I'm endeavoring to do. It does kind of create uh, these outside pressures that don't help. You know, what am I going to do? Not live my life, not try to take advantage of opportunities. Like ultimately, you know, life is about moving forward. Can't really stop right now to not, but I need this to be moving forward as well. Probably more than anything else, truth be told. Yeah. And as far as things coming along that cause stress or distress, it's like, it's always something, you know, it's like if you're human and you live on planet earth, it's like one thing after the other, after the other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got nothing, man. I don't really have any answers for anything. So while, yeah, I agree with you, I am a person of extremes. I think right now, the normal extreme that I was able to run at, and then I keep trying to get back to, I'm not at that point, and I have to recognize that, and I have to get it back to basics. And by basics, I mean just be on keto. Work out a couple times a week, sanely. Rebuild from there, and if I can get spicy later on, I can get spicy later on. I had the capacity to do it before. I can do it again. But I have to draw a line in the sand and I have to make that declaration just like I started this podcast to make the declaration to begin with. So I failed. I fucked up. And this episode is the acknowledgement of that. But let's look at the plus side. I have been going to the gym. I have been working out. Maybe not to the degree that I would have liked, but I still have been doing it. I've been doing my Saturday boxing and lifting with my buddies. Hell. I've even begun taking hits to the face, got a face mask. Like I'm learning that I cannot breathe in a, uh, in a mouth guard to save my life. But I've learned that, Hey, I can now in fairness, my buddy's not punching at me the way he could have, or at some point I'm sure will, but he's now hitting me back. And I've learned that I don't really flinch when I take a punch, which being the natural coward that I am, I'm very proud of. (laughs) Even if I have to stop and hit my aspirator occasionally, I can hang and I can play and I can develop those skills. And I like to, which kind of like, that's a win. Like that is still under all the circumstance of me having slipped and not gotten to where I wanted to get to still able to do that. So that's good. And you've done things that nobody I know can do. So maybe the thing in the future is to go 70% and leave 30% in the bank and stay on it more consistently. Yeah. And don't kill yourself trying to go 110%. Yeah. So I think there it is. Ultimately, this is about acknowledging the slips, setting a more reasonable expectation of a plan moving forward, but really and ultimately sticking to that. No, in the end, consistent is better than better. This is true. It's the small steps taken on a consistent basis that get you there. And even in the past, it wasn't some big, insane stretch that got me to where I got to. It was years of consistently doing just what I was doing. So it's time to get back to that. As sexy as that sounds. Hmm. So I guess this is what I mean by holding yourself accountable, but doing it with kindness and understanding the ability to try to just look at yourself as you are 
and understanding necessarily why you did the things you do. And hopefully I've done that today, and hopefully I will continue to be able to do that. And hopefully this will be the start of taking those steps forward. Again, John, I want to thank you for having this conversation with me. Uh, You're my longest standing friend and somebody whom keeps me honest. And I think that's important that there are some people in your lives that do that. I appreciate that you are one of those for me. Oh, well, I'm honored that you've had me on for that purpose. Yeah. Any uh, plugs you got? Where can people find you when they're not finding you here? Well, you can find me at bluesit.com. We'll take you to my portfolio on Behance if you want to see it. And I'm currently working on Creatures of the Dying World issue number two for Exalted Funeral. So if you go to exaltedfuneral.com and search for Creatures of the Dying World, you'll find issue one, which is already out, and issue two will be out as soon as I can finish it. Again, thank you. And as for me, I'm the fittest fat kid you know. A little more fit, definitely a little bit more fat, but going to try to move that in the right direction again. You can find me at all the socials at Fittest Fat Kid. If you want to tell me in what ways you haven't quite lived up to your expectations, feel free to email that at hi there at fittestfatkid.com. You can go to my website, www.fittestfatkid.com. And of course, you can just simply find me at all the places you find your podcasts. Speaking of which, subscribe to me, like me. Anyway, as I said before, and as I will keep saying, hold yourself accountable just like I'm doing today, but do it with kindness and understanding. And I'll talk to you next week.